You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, You can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast brought to you by Arrowhead Land Company. Here you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. Welcome everybody to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, John Hudspeth, and do y'all want to hear something that is just absolutely crazy? The day that this podcast hits the air will be July 31st. Exactly one month from that day, on August 31st, I will be headed to my first hunt of the year. Is that not crazy? Like, that really just dawned on me, like, over this past weekend. It, It snuck up on me. I think I've even been warning you guys, like, don't let it sneak up on you. Absolutely 100% snuck up on me and so that's kind of what today's podcast is about not necessarily it's sneaking up on me but I finally have all my tags figured out my states figured out my hunts uh, figured out I even had a discussion with my wife on like specific dates trying to get things on the calendar with her so that she's aware and and it's time guys like it is almost here and so that's what today's podcast is about I look forward to this every year I love sharing with you guys and bringing you guys along on the journey. And so that's what we have today. I'm going to be going over what states I'll be hunting, roughly what dates, um, kind of my expectations for those hunts, uh, maybe a little bit of strategy. We're just going to kind of take it one by one and see where we wind up. So like I said, I always look forward to this one. Um, I know I get a lot more listeners and stuff during the hunting season. I think part of it is because people like hearing kind of What's going on out there? I try to keep you guys kind of up to date with, you know, what I'm going to be doing in the future, what just happened, all that type of stuff. And so that is today's episode. But before we get there, real quick, a few little uh, business intro type things to take care of. Uh, The first one is the Outdoor Nation Expo is coming up August 11th and 12th in Shawnee, Oklahoma. So I'll probably be out there. Probably on Saturday, um, not getting a booth, uh, long story, but I'll, I'll probably be there most of the day on Saturday. Uh, but lots of activities, lots of cool things going on. 
I believe there's some concerts and stuff. You'll have tons of food, exhibits, all that good stuff. So y'all should come out and see me there on Saturday. Uh, it's also open on Sunday, just for y'all. Um, what else? My wife made it back into town safely. She was gone for an entire week with the church, and so she's finally home. So, uh, gosh, I get a partner in crime to help wrangle my little one-year-old daughter who is completely mobile, getting faster every day, getting a little bit more rambunctious, taking a little bit shorter nap every single day, and so it's so good to have her back. Uh, she actually leaves again on another even longer trip at the end of uh, August, um, but we'll kind of get into that uh, during today's podcast as well. So, so yeah, that's what's been happening with me. Uh, like I said, this last weekend, basically just she got home, so hung out with her, nothing really going on. And then this coming weekend, we randomly on a whim decided to take a trip to Colorado. So we're sick of this heat. We're going to go where it's hopefully cooler. I don't know. According to the temperatures I've checked, it's not that much cooler in Colorado at the moment. Um, But we're going to go to the mountains. We're going to have some fun. Hopefully my truck doesn't get stolen. Actually, we're flying, so you can steal the rental car. I don't care. I'll get some insurance on it. So so yeah, so that's the plan of this coming week uh, or weekend, I should say. And then kind of what we're going to get into here in just a little bit, things really, really start heating up after that. So uh, I also started shooting my bow, which I should have done months ago. That's something I also preach to you guys. And I very quickly learned. So last year I was real into the trad bow, shot it a ton, all really winter, spring, into the summer and everything. And when it came came time to start shooting my compound about the same time of year, I was just dialed. Like I, like all my muscles and stuff were there from the trad bow. The form carried over real well. And like, I mean, I was just, just hitting dimes with my compound bow. I have not been shooting the, the trad bow near as much this year. And so pulled the compound out and I didn't do bad. Like I've been shooting long enough to where it didn't take me that much longer to get in shape. But I did find myself like wearing out a little quicker, like not wanting to send as many arrows down range. Um, you know, my first arrow would be good and my second arrow would be off just a little bit. And so I, I need to do a bunch of shooting here over the next month. Um, again, something I should have been doing for several months now. I, I shouldn't have ever stopped. So, so, but it was good to, to knock the dust off, get that thing going. I need to get back on the trad bow as well. Um, I really, really want to take some kind of any kind of deer or hog, something with it this year. Um, really need to start prioritizing that more. So, so yeah, if you're like me and you haven't been shooting, dust that thing off, get it out of the closet, under, out from underneath the bed, wherever it is, hang it up somewhere where you'll see it and it'll remind you to go shoot it and get out there and start practicing. Because as I keep saying, season is almost here. We're two months from Oklahoma season. Um, if you're going out west to chase elk, mule deer, whatever, or whitetails, who knows? Um, you know, those seasons are going to be right around the corner. So don't, hopefully you haven't waited like I did. Uh, but if you have definitely time to get on that. So, so yeah, that is pretty much it for the intro. Like I said, not a ton going on hunting wise to update you guys on. So like I mentioned at the beginning today, I'm basically going to pull up my phone, open the calendar, and we're just going to walk through the next, gosh, four or five months, whatever it is. Uh, I'm going to take y'all kind of step-by-step where I'm going to be hunting. Uh, I got that finalized, <clears throat> like I said. Um, and and yeah, where I'm going to be, when, all that good stuff, kind of what my expectations are for all the different places I'm hunting, and so much more. So, so yeah, that's what we got planned for today. I hope you guys are ready for it. We're going to get into it after a quick word from our partners right this second. There is truly no place like the great outdoors in Oklahoma. 
When you're out in the wild, you want your wireless devices to work. Unlike other carriers, Bravado Wireless believes that coverage in rural areas is important so that you stay connected. With competitively priced plans and coverage where you need it, the mission of Bravado Wireless is to keep you connected no matter where you are. Visit bravadowireless.com or check them out at one of their retail locations. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection. All right, guys, I got my uh, calendar up here, and we're just going to start from the very beginning. And so as we come into August, the weekend of either the 19th or the 26th, I'm trying to be a little bit flexible there. Uh, Whatever weekend works best for my wife, I plan to head out to the ranch, and that is going to be feeder filling weekend. So this year I didn't move any feeders or anything like that. That was my big focus last year, getting all my feeders and blinds and stuff you know, set where I wanted them. And I think I did that. They're all pinned and everything just like last year. And so basically just have to run around, uh, fill them, make sure they're good and working and everything like that. Um, I always like to get my feeders running about a month before the season starts for a couple different reasons. One and the biggest reason is just to make sure the deer know where they are. You know, it gives them time to find them and everything. Two, it gives them plenty of time to get comfortable around them before I start putting hunting pressure on it. Uh, So it just kind of gives them a good base. And then most importantly, which you should always do this before, and I've done this in little pieces as I've been going up over the summer, is you always want to make sure they work. (laughs) Make sure they fire. Make sure they fire before you put corn in them. I've learned that the hard way on multiple occasions. I'll fill the whole thing up. And the motor will be bad. And in order to change the motor, you got to take it off. And then all your corn's falling out the bottom. You're trying to, you know, shove something in there or just letting it all fall to the ground. So make sure you test it before you pour a bag of corn in there. And then actually, I always pour one bag in and test it again just to make sure it has enough power to actually throw corn. Because I've had it where I uh, tested it and, you know, it spun and stuff. But then we actually put weight on there. Either the battery was too weak or the motor was going out, something like that. So I always put a little bit of corn in there, test it, and then fill it the rest of the way up. So so anyway, so yeah, one of those two weekends will be that. That will also be gathering gear weekend for my first trip, which of course is Nebraska. And I can't remember if I said this earlier or not, but part of the reason I hadn't done this episode yet was because that Nebraska tag was still up in the air. So this year is the first year they've ever limited non-residents in Nebraska. And so even though I had I, like I had a place to go, I had a place to stay, I'm hunting on my in-law's land, I wasn't for sure that I could get a tag. And so I was sitting on my computer at 1 o'clock when they went on sale. I was one of the first people to buy it, and I 100% got a tag. So I know now that I can hunt Nebraska. And so that's going to be my first trip. And guys, I man, I have probably too high of expectations. We'll get into that in just a second. But, you know, I went up there last year. I had never explored the property or anything like that. Um, I, I had like one property in mind that I thought I was going to get to hunt. That property ended up to be not quite as good as I expected. Um, but I, I found out they had another property I didn't know about. And then I also figured out I could get permission on some of the, the neighbors. And so I ended up getting to hunt a little bit of extra ground last year. This spring when I went up there during turkey season, I got permission on another neighbor um, and I'm really excited about that place. I found a, a pretty good deadhead on there. And then one other thing that I'm excited about is uh, last year I kept like looking at all these different spots. And I'd be like, man, I wish those crops were flipped. Because all the crops are still in. Soybeans and corn, you know, almost everywhere. But like there'd be this one field and I'd be like, oh man, it's corn. Like I really wish that was soybeans or vice versa. You know, there'd be a field of soybeans. I'd be like, man, that'd be really good if it was corn. 
And it just seemed like everywhere I went, that was the case. Well, guess what? We're a year later. They rotate crops. And so before I left last year, I just kind of thought of this on the fly. Uh, I went on Onyx and I made a little note in all those different fields of what they were. And I put a year on there. So this field, 2022 soybeans, 2022 corn or whatever. So I can go back in my notes and see what they had there. And so I pretty much know what's going to be there this coming year. So now as I'm doing all my preseason scouting, I know the crops. I know I've been, you know, I've been on the ground. I, I have three cameras soaking there right now. And so I'm just going to be so far ahead of where I was last year. Um, like I said, really excited about that one uh, neighboring property. And then even the property that uh, I thought wasn't so good last year, I got some pretty decent pictures on it. Now, most of those were during the rut, and that's not when I'm going to be there. Um, but still just to know there's some good deer around. And then, and then, yeah, I have the other property that I didn't know about last year. And I'm pretty excited about that one. Um, I, uh, my sister's brother-in-law does have a pretty thorough dirt bike track going through that one. So not sure how that's going to go. I, I do feel like he uses it enough that they're probably used to it. But I also don't know if like a big mature buck is going to stay there and get used to it when he has you know literally thousands of other acres without dirt bikes he could go chill on. So, so yeah, don't know about that, but very excited. Going to be pretty much running and gunning. You know, I didn't set any stands or anything like that. Um, I don't think I'm going to end up getting a saddle this year. I just don't think I can afford it. Um, you know, I, I tried to do like a prime weekend. You know, I checked sites, thought they might have a sale, but they didn't did some searching and just, you know, by the time you buy, like I already have, you know, sticks and everything, but by the time you buy the saddle and platform or like a different stick to stand on, whatever, you know, you're talking like minimum five, 600 bucks, uh, some places even more. And I just don't know if I can justify spending all that money. Um, when I have a mobile setup, you know, a lightweight tree stand already. So I don't think I'm going to be running the saddle this, uh, fall, um, plus I just, by this time in the year, I don't think I have enough time to, to practice in it and get comfortable with it to where I want to take it hunting over my tree stand that I already have and feel comfortable with. So, so going to be running and gunning with the tree stand. I did mark a few specific trees, uh, while I was there this spring. Um, again, I, I have some cameras I'm going to be checking, uh, going to be checking the crops and everything. And so as far as like expectations, I, I do think it's, much more plausible that I kill a buck this year. Um, as far as what caliber of buck, I just don't know where I stand. And I know that's something I need to figure out before I go. Um, but this, like I said, these should be in velvet still should be a velvet hunt. I've never killed a deer in velvet. I've never really had to judge a deer in velvet. Um, you know, like score wise, age wise, whatever, you know, usually that time of the year, they still have their summer coats on. A lot of times to me, deer just look slimmer in the summer than they do in the winter time. And so I, like, I know I'm not going to be holding out for like a five-year-old, you know, nothing like that. But, uh, you know, a three-year-old, am I going to shoot a three-year-old? I think if he has enough headgear, I might just do that. Y'all know I'm a sucker for a nice clean 10. And so if a, if a decent three-year-old full velvet, three-year-old, did I say three-year-old, nice clean 10 uh, walks by, I don't know if I can pass it. Um, I do think if a uh, you know, two, three-year-old kind of more basket rack eight-point walks by, I think I can pass that. Um, and so, yes, expectations are, I would say, fairly low, definitely lower than they would be here. 
but I just don't know at this point in my life and my hunting career, I just don't know if I could bring myself to kill some like little fork and horn two year old. Um, and so I think I'm going to be holding out decently high, uh, with the ground that I have to hunt with the days I get to hunt. Like last year, I think I got to hunt two evenings this year. I'm going to have at least four. If I want to hunt mornings, I can hunt mornings. And so I think my standards are going to be somewhere, somewhere in that medium range, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, you know, at, on a one out of 10, I'm going to say probably four to five range. Now, obviously if I see a big one, I'm going to try to kill it. Um, wind's going to play a big thing as like, I was just scattering on my phone the other night and I was kind of looking at all these places I had marked and I realized a lot of them are good for the same exact wind. Uh, so if I have that wind, awesome. I have lots of options, but up there, you just never know their wind varies a whole lot more than what I'm used to. You know, like I've said a, a thousand times on this podcast, where I hunt, it's pretty much either like a south-southeast wind or a north-northeast wind. We don't have a ton of east and west. Um, but they just it just seems like whatever the wind thinks that day, that's which way it's going to blow. And so um, I'm possibly, I'm, I'm being prepared to hunt off the ground as well. Like I said, the way some of these crops set up, I think there's uh, definitely a possibility that I could sneak along the edge of a cornfield and just kind of tuck into the corn and hunt beans uh, to where, like, there's one spot I'm thinking of where... There's just like this perfect corner where timber and corn meet, and then there's beans like in the in the pocket there, and I think that could just be a money spot. And so, like I said, if if the wind's perfect, I'll get in a tree in that timber, but if it's not, I'm not afraid to tuck into that corn. So, so yeah, so that's the Nebraska plan. More than likely, I'll be staying with my sister up there. More than likely, if I kill one, I'm probably just gonna give the large majority of the meat to my sister. Um, and then with Z, with the CWD laws and everything, uh, just depending on what I kill, I'm going to figure out what to do with the skull. Um, more than likely, I'm not killing a, a big buck that I'm going like, to do a shoulder mount on. And so my hope is that uh, you know I can just take it to like a local taxidermist, just have him do a euro mount for me, and then let my sister pick it up, and I'll you know get it from my sister at a different date. Um, if I did end up wanting to do a shoulder mount, I don't know. I'd be tempted to bring it home and use my own taxidermist, um, but I wouldn't be opposed to to finding a reputable local person and doing the same thing. You know, let my sister pick it up, and I can get it from from her later. Um, there's just a lot more hassle and care, especially if it still had velvet on. Uh, I'd kind of feel bad putting that on my sister. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I got to figure that part out. It just kind of depends on what I'm going to kill. So. So yeah, so Nebraska recap, I'm going to leave August 31st, hunt the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, possibly 4th, and then come home either the 4th or 5th. So so that'll be Nebraska. Um, One thing that I did discover last year is uh, when I got home from Nebraska, I really hated having to like turn off my hunting mode. Like I'm just not used to having that early hunt. And so coming home and having to spend another three or four weeks not being able to go deer hunting after you jump all in kind of stinks. But that's the boat I'm in. And so, so yeah, so the rest of September, I'm not going out west, doing anything crazy like that. And I just have to wait until October. All right, so October is when things start getting a little interesting, as you may guess. Just all the seasons are opening up, multiple different states, and it's just... It's an awesome time, but it can be a hectic time. So, again, that's part of the reason I sat down with my wife over the weekend, kind of playing some things out, 
gave her weekends that I really wanted to hunt, gave her some weekends that, you know, if she had something and really wanted to do something, I'd give that weekend up. It's just good to set those wife or spouse expectations early. And so that's the conversation we had. So all these dates that I'm talking about have been either pre-approved or somewhat approved by the, you know, the wife and family already. So, so first off, uh, I put September 16th on the books of, I want to be able to go to the ranch and that will be one or one of two different visits. That'll either just go into, uh, you know, my place, double checking everything, making sure all the feeders are still running, making sure straps are good and that type of thing. Or I mentioned a few weeks ago that I, you know, might have something in the works and I'll go ahead and tell you on now. I am working on getting some permission uh, from one of my brother's friends on a bear hunting spot. And so if I end up getting that permission, that weekend will be a bait weekend of going up there. Get, I already have like a barrel and everything from previous years, getting the barrel set up, stuffing it full of bait, getting a camera on it, all that good stuff and getting ready for bear season. And this will be where my first decision comes uh, because, you know, typically opening weekend of deer season is just not good for me. Um, it's still stinking hot. I normally never have bucks daylighting. Um, and so it's normally not that hard for me to give up opening day. And if I, vice versa, you know, if I am getting pictures of a big giant bear, I am absolutely 100% going bear hunting. And the nice thing, uh, kind of nice thing is October 1st is on a Sunday this year. And so I'll have Saturday to kind of figure that out. You know, if I need to go up there, refresh the bait, check the camera, uh, you know, I have cell cameras on most of my, uh, you know, local stuff. And so I'll kind of already know what's going there. And so my first game time decision will be where to be opening day. And again, if I even have the slightest remote chance of killing a bear, that's where I'm going to be. Might even do an all day sit because you just never know when a bear is going to come to a bait. So that'll be October 1st. Uh, if I if I think I have a good chance of actually killing something, I might take that Monday off work. I'm trying not to, to take too much time off, uh, and you'll hear why in a second. But uh, yeah, like I said, if I have a chance at a bear, that's where I'm going to be. If not, um, I made the mistake last year of sitting opening day afternoon when I really shouldn't have, and I'm not going to make that mistake again. In the past, I have not sat if I didn't think so. Last year, I think maybe it was because I went to Nebraska, and I was just so anxious to get back after it. And I think I, I had the trad bow also, so I was really anxious, wanting to kill something with the trad bow. But I just I pushed a situation that I shouldn't have, and I ended up uh, getting spook or spooking a couple does. They smelt me, um, and I'm just not going to do that again. So most likely, it'll either be a bear hunt or staying at home on the couch. The only thing that might change that, I do have the amazing soybeans growing this year. So I don't know if that'll change the deer behavior. Like I've been getting daylight pictures of some bucks, but it's also just summertime. They haven't lost their velvet. And so more than likely, there's not going to be much action that weekend. So um, the weekend of October 7th, <laughs> my wife and I had gotten a little uh, discussion over this because I had actually, so my second love is college football after hunting. And I've never been to the Red River Shootout, Texas and OU at the Cotton Bowl. And so I was like, man, this year I want to go. I already told some of my buddies, like, let's get tickets. Did not realize that is also my anniversary, my five-year wedding anniversary. And so I ran that by my wife, and she was like, oh, on our anniversary? And I was like, I love you. And so 
that weekend, either way, I probably won't be hunting. I'll either be at the Cotton Bowl or spending time with my amazing wife. I told her I could very easily do both because it's always an early game. So I could go to the game and have time to run home, shower, take her to a nice dinner, and then, you know, we both win. And so we'll see how that works out. But uh, more than likely that weekend, I will not be hunting. So anyway, weekend of the 14th, I believe that is youth weekend. I missed youth weekend last year with my nephew. And so uh, probably going to do that with him. The weekend of the 21st, that's the opening of uh, muzzleloader season. I gave that as a flex weekend to, uh, to my wife. I would love to go hunting if possible if we don't have anything going on. But if she misses me or wants to make up for our anniversary or something like that, I kind of gave her that weekend. Uh, the next weekend, the weekend of the uh, what are we at? 28th and 29th, that'll be the last weekend of muzzleloader. And I love that weekend, that last weekend. Unfortunately, this year it's kind of shifted into earlier October, uh, just kind of the way the, the year fell. And so it's a little earlier than normal, but that's okay. I think last year I killed on the 28th, I shot my buck. And so that'll be like this Saturday. Um, and a lot of times I take the Friday before that off, so that'd be the 27th. Again, with my all my upcoming trips, I don't know if I'll be able to... To swing that this year or not just got to talk to the boss and see what he thinks um but i'll definitely be muzzleloader hunting in oklahoma maybe the 27th 28th 29th after this this is where things get even more crazy because as most of you probably know i drew an iowa archery tag and that 100 i want to give precedence um you just i've been putting in for a long time Basically seven years. I'm finally getting to go. Uh, I talked to uh, my good buddy, and he's going to let me hunt his farm in Iowa, so I have access to private land in a very good county. And so I just like I can't not give that a lot of time and precedence. And so talking to Dan, I had an episode with Dan about dates and everything. Originally, I was thinking about doing that hunt a little later in the year. Um, just kind of from what I've heard from all the, you know, like hunting public guys and just all the major deer hunters who live in Iowa, uh, you know, they all talk about that November 7th date, but they also talk about how much pressure there is that date because they all talk about it. Um, so I've heard a lot of them talk about how like the ending end of November can be a really good time to kill a huge buck because the pressure's going to come down. You know, a lot of the does are bred, but the, the bucks are, you know, trying to get those last few that are still open and everything like that. And so my original plan, when I thought I was just going to be kind of going up there, probably hunting public land and everything like that, was to go towards the end. But now, knowing what I know now, knowing that I have access to some of that really good private, I think I may try to be there earlier during that good time. And so just kind of off the cuff. And some of this, like I think I mentioned when I was had the episode with Dan, I want to keep this somewhat flexible, if at all possible. Uh, and I think I can just with my work schedule and my amazing boss. I want to give my boss like basically a 14-day period and be like, hey, sometime during this 14 days, I'm going to be gone for seven to eight of them, you know, something like that. Um, but right off the bat, just kind of looking at the calendar, I'm thinking I may leave uh, either Friday or Saturday, November 3rd or 4th, and then stay that entire next week and through the next weekend. So let's say I left on the 3rd. That would be, I would be hunting in Iowa November 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, and then coming home on the 12th. And with that in mind, 
let's try to talk about some expectations. So I've been saying all along, I've been saying for years, the whole time I've been putting in for this hunt, ever since I started talking about it on the podcast, I don't know, three years ago when I thought about when I was going to go and if I could draw and all that stuff. I've been saying the whole time that I'm going there knowing most likely I'm not going to kill the biggest buck of my life. With that being said, where I am going to get to hunt, you know, after all this has worked out, um, the timing I'm going to get to hunt, the amount of days I'm going to get to hunt, it just, unless there's some crazy unforeseen, you know, weather factor or something like that, I should be able to kill a really, really good buck. And, you know, when I talked to Dan a few weeks ago, um, you know, I told him the whole, like, I, I doubt I'll kill the biggest buck of my life and everything. But I do feel very confident that I could easily kill the biggest archery buck of my life. And I would only have to break about 140 to do that. I've killed a lot of bucks. I've killed some good bucks. uh, But I've never killed like a great buck with my bow. And so I I do think that's very doable. Uh, And that's pretty lofty if you consider going out of state to a place I've never been and saying you're going to kill a 140-inch buck. Like that's pretty lofty. But, you know, again, after talking to Dan, talking to the Lando and everything, you know, I think you could rattle in a three-year-old and he would probably break 140. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to manage my expectations as best as possible, but I think I could kill a really good deer there. Um, again, I'll probably be running gun style. I do think the landowner has some stands, um, but I don't know, like... I don't know if I'm going to have the run of the place. I don't know if he's going to kind of limit me. Um, I don't know if he's going to limit what I can kill. Like, I I would honestly feel bad if I went there and, you know, killed the biggest buck on the place. And I, I don't think that would make him very happy either. Uh, but I've talked to him, and he's he's told me he's going to give me a decent amount of freedom. And they're going to have, you know, he's going to try to have kind of a hit list put together for me. Uh, bucks I can and can't shoot. Um, because, and that's the other thing, like, whereas I may not, uh, yeah, sorry, whereas I may not be trying to manage this property, they are, and they are trying very hard and they are in an area where you truly can manage for absolute giants. And so while I'm there, I have to kind of keep all that in mind as well. Um, but you know, I think, I think their coal bucks would be bucks that I am really, really happy with, like maybe shoulder mount type bucks for me. And so, yeah, I'm trying, like I said, to manage those expectations as best as possible, but I am very excited. Um, like I said, I'm going to be hunting prime time, prime place, everything like that. I do still have to get it done. You know, it's not going to be easy. Um, there's not just giants around every corner. They don't just walk into your lap. I feel like a lot of people, that's kind of the idea they have of Iowa, of there's just giant bucks everywhere and it's super easy. I do not think that's going to be the place, uh, or sorry, do not think that's going to be the case. Um, and from the scouting I've done, you know, every every neighbor around is also a hunter. You know, like these deer are not going to be unpressured. Like everybody in their dog is going to be trying to kill these bucks. It's just what happens in this area especially when you're chasing a certain caliber of buck. And so it's not going to be easy. I know that. But again, just time, place, all that stuff. I keep repeating myself. I think I'm going to have pretty lofty expectations. And so I don't see myself shooting a buck under 140 for sure. For sure. I really, I really want to bump that up to 150, but just trying to be 
you know, just down to earth again with the whole out of state, never been there, all that stuff type of stuff. Killing a buck with your bow is very difficult. And especially, you know, Iowa's not a bait state, so there's not going to be feeders or anything like that. You're going to have to, you know, find terrain, find does, find, you know, regular food sources, all that good stuff, and truly hunt these deer. So I don't think I'm going to push myself up to that 150 mark. Um, You know, if it's like my second day there and a 140 walks by, that's going to be tough. (laughs) I mean, and that's the other thing. I think I've mentioned this in the past. I have never in my entire life dedicated an entire, whatever it's going to be, seven or eight days to whitetail hunting. I don't think I've ever hunted more than four days in a row. And usually when I do four days, it's like an evening, a full day, a full day, and a morning, and then I got to go. And so I'm going to have a ton of time. Uh, So yeah, if you have any uh, snack suggestions or anything like that, throw them my way. I mentioned in that episode with Dan, I have never in my life done an all-day sit and I'm not completely positive I'm going to do it this time, uh, but I do know I'm going to be st- spending a lot of time in the stand. So maybe I need to call ahead and find a chiropractor or something because I'm sure my back is going to be hating me. Uh, maybe I need to like replace my office chair with a metal chair or something to, to get used to the long sits. But, but like I said, very, very excited for it um, and, uh, and cannot wait to get there. So, so that's Iowa. Let's see, that'll bring me into mid-November, and this is kind of where it gets tricky again, because I still, at this point, have not hunted Texas, I don't think, uh, my buddy's place, and uh, his new lease that he got last year didn't really get to hunt it. They It just took them a while to get it set up, and uh, they were like making food plots into deer season and stuff, just trying to get it ready for the future. So last year, we didn't really hunt it, but... We do plan on hunting it this year, and uh, and so I have you know open invitation out there. After being gone for ten days, though, I don't know if I'm going to make it out there like that weekend of the 18th, even though that would probably be an awesome weekend to go. Um, and then, gosh, Lee, that that 18th that brings us right into Oklahoma rifle as well. So, yeah, that's going to be tough. <laughs> I kind of after the Iowa trip, I kind of trailed off uh, in my wife and I's conversation. I I did tell her, or well, she knew, she knows by now. She did know that that was the uh, the Oklahoma rifle opener. And so she may give me some grace there. Um, and then once we get into December, that is really like I am definitely putting it in her hands. Like if she is sick of me gone, being gone by this point, like I'm okay. I mean, I, I know I'm still going to be able to sneak away for, you know, a little one night deal here and there. And, you know, like an evening and a morning or something like that. But as far as like big, dedicated three-day weekend type things, that's probably going to be few and far between. Um, I did tell her, uh, when we get to January, I, I love late season. Y'all know that by now. The last two years I've killed, uh, bucks on December 28th. Um, I've killed bucks on January 8th, January 4th, January 1st. Um, I just, I love, 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 love the late season. So I did kind of give her a heads up, uh, like January 6th and 13th. This, the season closes on the 15th. Those two weekends, I would love to do some hunting. Um, what's really cool about that time of year is uh, you can usually, because the deer are not very active in the morning, you can wake up and you can get a nice duck hunt in in the morning, go back, take yourself a little nap, and then come back out for the evening hunt and deer hunt in the evening. So it's kind of like a two for one. And uh, sometime in that period, I'd like to get uh, some of my buddies are, and I are trying to start like a yearly 
uh, duck hunt. And so I'd love to, you know, maybe do that with them sometime in there. Um, just, you know, hang out. It's almost more about hanging out than it is hunting. Uh, that's a big part of hunting for a lot of people anyway. Um, but yeah, so I'd love to do that somewhere in there. So, so yeah, that's kind of it. I feel like it started really slow and then kind of picked up, but Nebraska will start us off and then potentially bear in Oklahoma, followed by deer in Oklahoma, followed by deer in Iowa, followed by some more Oklahoma deer and possibly some Texas deer leading to late season Oklahoma deer and waterfowl. So what a crazy year I've been. Uh, this is a year that I have been absolutely dreaming about. I mean, I can't tell you how long, like it has been a, a lifelong dream of mine to just get to spend like two months chasing white tails, traveling, you know, going from state to state. And that is exactly what I have right now. Um, I'm very fortunate, you know, it's not like TV style where I don't have to do anything else and I'm just going to go from one hunting camp to the next. I'm still having to work in there, uh, still going to be spending time with my family, uh, taking care of my little baby girl, hugging my wife and everything like that. So it's not going to be just like boom, boom, boom. There's going to be some gaps in there, but I am very fortunate and I have an amazing wife and I'm going to get to do a ton, ton of deer hunting. Uh, I did not hit on my expectations for Oklahoma and Texas that just dawned on me um I don't know uh so I, I mentioned it last week two percent is back the the buck that I refer to is two percent um I used to call him CR I've called him Mongo I've called him a bunch of different names but uh the reason I call him the two percent buck is because I give myself a two percent chance of killing him every year and from what I've seen so far it's pretty much going to be the same story this year uh so far I've gotten one picture of him on july 14th i believe it was it was kind of a far off picture he wasn't up close i didn't get a great look at him but from the one picture i got it appears that he is kind of back in his glory last year he dropped off he wasn't as big he went from a a clean 10 to a nine point uh the picture he was like straight facing the camera so i couldn't quite see all the times but from you know i've stared at the picture for hours now it appears he grew his 10th point back so I'm pretty sure he's a clean five by five, like he's always been, but I just don't know if he's going to be killable. Same old story. He, he lives on the neighbors. I do. I've been gathering historical data on him. I'm thinking I might go full on Mark Kenyon and make like a spreadsheet of when he was where and under what conditions. Um, I, I did. So I, I was checking some old pictures and uh, I actually got several daylight pictures of him that I did not realize last December, uh, like right around the time that, well, so I, I actually, I saw him, that my one sighting of him last year was in late December, uh, and then I, I pulled a camera on a ridge a decent ways away, and I want to say he daylighted three or four different evenings between, I want to say it was like December 20th and New Year's, something like that. Like he was definitely living in that area. Um, it's a, it's a area that would be super hard to hunt. It's on top of a ridge. There's no mature timber. Um, most of the grass by that time of year is kind of knocked down. So I have no idea how I would kill him if he was back there. Um, but at least I have an idea of where to look. And so all that to say, I, I, I think I have to save one of my tags this year for him. So like if I kill a buck during muzzleloader season or early with my bow, I think it's either tag soup or 2%. I think that's where I'm at. 
He's an eight and a half year old buck this year. I just I don't know how much longer he'll live. I mean, he's made it this far just fine. Um, but usually, you know, a lot of bucks start going down at eight and a half. I don't know. He might. I haven't got a good enough picture of him, but I think he's definitely going to go down at nine, even if he were to make it to next year. And so, yeah, expectations in Oklahoma. Hopefully I kill one good buck and then maybe, maybe 2%. Um, As far as bucks that I've been getting on camera and stuff, I have uh, two really good up-and-comers that I don't think are going to turn into shooters. Um, I I don't have any history on them that I have seen so far, Uh, but they're both looking like max four years old and so because it is my own property i do want to try to leave them alone let them get another year on them and uh, they could be really good deer if they get another year on them Uh, there was a big eight point that i actually passed during rifle season last year um, partially because i was trying to hold out a little bit for the two percent buck and i had a different eight point i was chasing Uh, He would absolutely be a shooter this year. If y'all follow me on Instagram, my brother just found one of his sheds. Uh, He's definitely going to be a shooter this year. Uh, But yeah, as far as like holdovers from last year, it's really 2% and that 8 point, and that's about it. Um, I killed the only other two mature bucks that I knew of. Uh, For some reason on this property, kind of like I was just talking about with those four-year-olds, it seems like we just get like a whole new batch of bucks every year. Uh, like 2%, he's the only one that I've really seen like consistently come year to year to year. Um, it seems like one year a buck's there, the next year he's gone, maybe the next year he comes back. I've had that happen on a couple. Actually, a 2% did that. Uh, he was around as a 3. He disappeared uh, as a 4-year-old, came back as a 5-year-old. Um, the buck I killed with my rifle in 21, he did that. The year before, I didn't have any pictures of him. I actually thought he was the 2% buck. Um, and then just a few days before I killed him, I figured out it was two different deer, but yeah, I didn't have any pictures of him the year before, but I did have pictures of him the year before that. And so it's, it's kind of nice, kind of exciting. It kind of stinks sometimes because sometimes you think they're dead, you move on and then they pop back. It's, it's an emotional roller coaster. Um, but also you get some just random bonus bucks that I have no idea where they came from. Uh, but they're pretty fun to chase. And so, so that's the expectation for Oklahoma. Texas man, I never know what to expect. <laughs> um, I've killed, uh, you know, nine-year-old 120s. I've killed five-year-olds 148s. Uh, yeah, it, you just never know out there. And again, because it's not my place, I try to help my buddy manage. And so if I have an opportunity at a great buck, I will take it. Um, but if, you know, if he's not seeing very good deer and he's got some old bully bucks hanging around, I have no problem shooting one of those. It's 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 kind of like I was talking about early, earlier. It's almost more of the social thing. Like, I love going out there, hanging with my buddies. I think I may actually miss uh, our traditional opening day hunt this year because of going to Iowa. That's one downside. That first weekend that I was talking about leaving, that is the, uh, that is the Texas rifle opener. And so, who knows, maybe... I will have some warm front and I won't be in a huge rush and I'll stick around and hunt Texas a day or two before I go, but it's going to be hard, pretty hard to keep me away from Iowa. So, so yeah, but yeah, that is what I have coming this year, guys. Very, very excited about it. Um, been building towards it for years and years and years. I have no idea how I'm going to top this in the future. Um, maybe 2024 will be like year of the mule deer and I'll go to the panhandle and I don't know, New Mexico or something like that, chase mule deer. But this year is 100% the year of the whitetail, and I can't wait. I cannot wait. I feel like the older I get, 
and I feel like this is maybe the opposite of most people, but the older I get, I care a little bit less about going to all these different places and hunting all these other species. And like, I just want to hunt whitetail. Like I want to go to different places and travel to hunt whitetail, which is weird. Um, but they just have my heart. They absolutely have my heart. So, all right. Well, I'm going to let you guys go. Um, I think you, uh, yeah, I think you're probably sick of me rambling on about my whitetail year and everything, but I'm very, very excited about it. If you guys have any tips, tricks, uh, concerns, whatever, feel free to shoot me a message. Let me know. I'd love any help I can get. If you've hunted any of those states I just talked about, uh, please let me know. And if you have any questions, uh, please let me know. I am going to do my best to document the quest. Um, I, I don't know if I'm going to do a ton of filming when I'm like out of state. I just, I would hate to miss a shot on a big old Iowa buck or a big brawler Nebraska buck because I'm like messing with a camera arm or something. So I want to document it, but I just, I don't think I'm willing to sacrifice killing a buck because I'm just trying to get it on film. So I don't know. We'll figure that out. I have all the gear. I just don't know if I want to mess with it, honestly. So, so yeah. All right. That's it. I'm going to get out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. I love you all. Stay safe. And until next time, I will see you right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. Thank you.